Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast is powered by, you guessed it, HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. HuntStand's powerful mapping features and revolutionary hunting tools will give you the confidence and knowledge for a safe and successful hunt. There's three different tiers that you can choose from. We've got a free version, and then you've got Pro and Pro Whitetail. Pro will give you access to premium map layers and hunting tools in the United States and Canada, where Pro Whitetail includes all HuntStand Pro features plus powerful tools made specifically for whitetail hunters. If you want to check it out, download HuntStand today. I love each and every one of these episodes and the guests that we get on here. If you're new or a longtime listener, don't forget, you might be listening but not subscribed. We have some awesome guests coming on in the future, so if you don't want to miss out on those, when they go live, and if you want to support the show, press subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening. Today's podcast is brought to you by Savage Arms. Savage Arms is five generations of craftspeople using stripped-back, supercharged American ingenuity to make the most reliable and accurate modern high-performance firearms. To learn more, head to savagearms.com. Welcome back to a pretty special episode of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. Today, we're honored to have Jake Dalkey joining us. Now, for those of y'all that know Mr. Josh Dalkey on our team, Jake is his younger brother. And Jake's journey is nothing short of extraordinary. From his diverse roles in digital marketing to his current position as content manager at Murray Road Agency, overseeing projects and capturing content as a talented photographer and videographer. But what truly sets Jake apart is his passion for the great outdoors. A true Minnesotan outdoorsman, Jake is not only dedicated to his work, but also finds solace in fly fishing, pursuing trout and steelhead, chasing whitetails and longbeards in the field, and even embracing the icy thrill of winter through ice fishing on frozen lakes, something this Texan boy will hope to do one day and uh, not falter the ice. 
But recently, Jake faced a pretty life-altering experience during a hunting expedition in South Africa where he encountered the notorious Black Death, a.k.a. Cape Buffalo, in a way most could never imagine. On today's episode, he will share a pretty amazing story with us and offering some insights into the unpredictability of the wild and resilience required to navigate its challenges. Join us on today's episode as we navigate this pretty crazy story with Jake Dalkey. Well, there's no problem. Yeah, I wish this was my last task of the day, but got plenty to wrap up before I hit the road and go fishing this weekend. Where are you headed but to? I go over to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, and uh, try and catch some lake run brown trout and steelhead. Ice fishing or what? River fishing. Ah. Although it's dicey because it's supposed to drop in temp to like 20 degrees, so they might freeze over. So I might get over there and find out it was all for naught, so... We'll see. We all haven't had much of a winter this year. I've heard a lot of people talking about how a lot of the lakes haven't frozen, so it seems like ice fishing hasn't been too big of a thing up, up in your neck of the woods. Yeah, I usually go like 20 to 30 times a winter, and I've only been twice this year. <laughs> Dang. That's yeah, brutal. Something I've never done, but I know your, bro- your brother has uh, talked to me about it, and one of these days I may try to come up there and go with you guys once or twice. Yeah, you should. It's fun. It's fun when it's good. Um, as long as you don't fall through like he did last year. <laughs> I know it being a Texas boy, there's just something about stepping out on ice and fishing through a hole that, uh, lack of better terms kind of worries me a little bit, but seems pretty safe. Yeah, it's that it's safe unless you're doing it. Usually like we'll go out on the Great Lakes and that's when it gets dicey because you can literally be on a sheet of ice that's there one minute and then a strong wind front comes through and that ice is gone. Um, so it's not like you're falling directly through, but like you might float away from the shore. That's that's where it gets like sketchiest. But so what the, I mean, what do you have? What happens if you float away? Does somebody got to come out there on a boat and get you or or what? Pretty much, yeah. You either call a buddy, get a boat, get a canoe, or the Coast Guard will, will come. And I'm pretty sure, like, the Coast Guard comes, they won't take your stuff. So, like, you lose your shack, you lose your auger. They'll only pick you up. Um, and then I think you have to pay, like, a fee, too. So What? Better hope you got a buddy one time We were out on Superior, and uh, we were fishing in the morning. We left to go get lunch. And like a half hour later, we came back and all the ice was gone. See, that's why I hesitate to go ice fishing. <laughs> that's why I hesitate. But that's, that's pretty fluky. That's, I mean, that's, and that's usually when you're pushing the boundaries, which if you came up that we wouldn't be doing anything too wild. I'd probably want to do like what Sam Moore does and just park his trailer out there. That's got a heater and you can just pull lid out for, freaking hole and just fish out of that thing basically an rv on the on the freaking ice yep that's the way to go well 
we're going to have to talk about ice fishing another time because the reason I wanted to get you on here was you went to Africa this past year and you got run over by a Cape Buffalo. So I want to talk about that. But before we do, Jake, for those of you on the uh, podcast that, you know, you're hearing this, Jake is the brother of our content director, Josh Dalkey. And so I kind of got to get a little bit of a backstory and all this. But before we get to that, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself to the listeners out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, brother Josh Dalkey, who I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with. Um, for for better, for worse, better. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, just Dalkey, kidding. But uh, <laughs> I live, uh, live in Minnesota. Um, similar to you and my brother, do a lot of hunting, fishing, uh, work for a marketing agency called Murray Road that operates in the hunting, fishing, outdoor space. So um, kind of get to combine my passions with work, which is great. Oh, yeah. um, and at Murray Road, I am a content videographer, photographer. That's kind of my my place there. Um, and yeah, it's uh, similar to, to you guys. I do just a lot of hunting, fishing, and um, that's you know really what brought me to Africa was uh, working with Murray Road and then mm-hmm. going over the film with a couple guys there. So, heck yeah! How did you um, how did you know you wanted to be in the outdoor industry? Uh, you know. Obviously, you grew up with your brother, and y'all did it a lot growing up. But, I mean, did you just kind of, like, want to follow in his path because you saw what he was doing? Or you're like, man, this is freaking cool, and I want to do something I love. Like, how did you decide that? Yeah, kind of just naturally. I mean, growing up, obviously, through my brother, actually our dad wasn't, or mom, they weren't super outdoorsy. We had a cabin, did a lot of fishing, kind of like the standard Minnesota lifestyle but they weren't into hunting or like shooting or anything like that um it was actually our uncles who got us into kind of the hunting and more shooting side of things um and obviously my brother he's i don't know 10 old 10 years older than me so he really took to it and naturally i took to it kind of after him um and uh yeah just kind of growing up got you know when you live in minnesota mm-hmm. it's either hunting fishing or, or sports really and I really took to the hunting and fishing side of things and um went to school up in uh Duluth along Lake Superior and that's where a lot of that sketchy ice fishing went down <laughs> um but going to school up there I mean everybody is either fishing or hunting or doing something outdoors it's it's a pretty outdoor focused like community mm-hmm. um, so really kind of took to it there I mean when I went to school I was originally going to go into like finance and it kind of dawned on me that that's just not what I actually wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so I switched to marketing and then naturally kind of focused on kind of like the outdoor industry and going in that direction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Heck yeah, dude. I mean, that's, it's, Funny that a lot of the people I've talked to that are in our space, uh, they have started to follow a path because either that's what society told them, mom and dad, or just somebody in their life is like, oh, no, once, you, once you're done with college, you got to grow up, you got to get a job you hate, make a lot of money, and you know follow these standards, but then everybody kind of finds like that separate path. I mean, I was kind of similar to you going to college, I wanted to be a math teacher and of 
a coach. Why I wanted to be a math teacher, I don't know. I hated it. Uh, especially when you get into some of those college courses, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, like with finance, you get in there, and I mean, it's just way over our head, and you just follow your passion, and you find yourself in a, a position like this, and how did you get plugged in with Murray Road? Uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, like I said, you know, originally I was like, I'm going to be this finance, get mm-hmm. a finance degree. And basically I wanted to get rich coming out of college. And, <laughs> um, after kind of seeing how some of those courses looked like yeah. I was there like knowledge wise and everything, but I just mm-hmm. wasn't there passion wise. And yeah. that's kind of why it shifted. But even then I was still like, not opposed, but I didn't really want to go into the outdoor industry mm-hmm. partially because I didn't want to like follow my brother's footsteps per se but mm-hmm. um, i did a few internships with like uh, a company called duluth pack that's based out of duluth mm-hmm. and a few other like outdoor focused brands and i was like all right i'm not gonna fight against this like this is what i'm meant to do um so then coming out of college uh murray road was looking to hire uh an affiliate program specialist which i didn't even know what that was um and tim brant who owns the company reached out to Josh, my brother, and just told him, hey, we're looking for someone kind of entry level out of college. So naturally, it made sense. Oh, so yeah. I applied, talked to Tim and the team and uh, started working like a couple months out of college. And um, yeah, I kind of bounced around within Murray Road. And I've you know done social media, public relations, affiliate programs, but kind of naturally shifted to content and content creation over the last few years. And kind of found my spot in that category and seems to be a good fit. Heck yeah, dude. That's, that's freaking awesome. Uh, you know, I got to come up there where, when you and your brother were kind of living together for a little bit and understood that recently you moved out and, uh, played quite the historic prank on the man. That <laughs> I'm not going to share the details of it on the podcast, but dude, <laughs> kudos to succeeding on that because i've heard that story twice now and i die laughing both times yeah i won't share the details either i actually feel bad about it <laughs> it worked so darn well um but yeah i had to leave him with something moving out but yeah i can feel bad yeah you did and, uh dude i just gotta say uh whenever you're around your brother or if he comes to y'all's house uh you need to keep an eye on your back for payback. That's all I have to say. Oh, I know it. He's got something up his sleeve. Oh man. I need to, we need to have like a hunt stand after hours podcast to, to talk about that. (laughs) It's too freaking hilarious. Well, man, let's get into what we're here for today. And essentially that was you getting run over by a freaking Cape Buffalo in Africa. And to kind of preface it, uh, I don't remember what time of year it was. Was it summertime of 23 when you were out there? Uh, so it was Africa, or specifically South Africa's mm-hmm. version of summertime, but it was in um, March. Okay, which, that's, yeah. Which in their area is actually summer. Okay. Um, basically our winter. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I was sitting here at the desk one day, and your brother shoots me a text. He's like, dude, my brother just got freaking run over by a buffalo. I'm like, what? And he, like, sends me pictures of you, like, I think you had, like, 
bloodied up leg or bruised up. I can't remember exactly what the pictures were. It's like, what the hell? Got freaking run over by a buffalo? And I mean, first off, glad you're okay, man. But talk to us about what you were doing over in South Africa in the first place. Yeah, I'm glad I'm okay too. But yeah, it was uh, through Murray Road. Um, so far, I mean, that was it was the most like you know exotic trip I've went on um, mm-hmm. through work. But uh, I was over there with the guys at Carbon Media, mm-hmm. um, Ryder and Andy Husick, um, Carbon Media. They own a bunch of outdoor websites like All Outdoor and a, and a bunch of others. So I was over there with them uh, filming for this uh, video series that they produce. Um, and I also got to do some hunting, which was cool. But I was there to film with those guys. And then the uh, owner of Silencer Central, was uh, Brandon Maddox, was with us too. Okay. Uh, it was a 10-day trip to um, kind of just produce this uh, series they do and capture the, the trip. Um, so, yeah, we went over and... Uh, March of last year, 2023, um, to hunt plains game, which is like, you know, our version of, uh, you know, deer and antelope. So like over mm-hmm. there, gems, buck, kudu. When I went over there, I, I was familiar with some of the species like kudu is some of the more well-known ones, but honestly, I was like, I don't know what, what things looked like. I didn't know all the species. So it was kind of cool to like see and learn like what plains game actually are over there. And, um, uh, dangerous game which is like buffalo hate buffalo um uh tiger or lions things like that wasn't on the docket for us we were yeah. just hunting playing game but obviously um unintentionally we had a encounter with da- uh dangerous game which uh, like i said wasn't really in the cards <laughs> i don't think that was in the cards whatsoever uh run us through i mean what kind of led up to the moments leading to the encounter with this Cape Buffalo and just kind of like lead us up to the moment where you got ran over. Yeah. So I guess to just to preface, I mean, you could do, you know, I've only been once and there's still a lot I don't know or understand, but you could do like a, you know, multi-hour podcast on Africa and hunting in Africa. Oh yeah. Like I said, I'm not an expert just because I've gone once. Like there's probably better folks out there that could really paint the picture of Africa and the, you know, the hunting over there and mm-hmm. everything involved. But just to like preface and in, in terms of my trip, um, we were hunting in uh the Limpopo province, which is uh in the Limpopo River Valley area, which okay. is six about six hours north of Johannesburg. Okay. In South Africa. Um and like I didn't know going into it like what to expect, like what it would look like terrain wise, like what the hunting was going to be like. Like I had an idea, but I didn't know like are we going to be hiking all day? Are we going to be climbing mountains? Like I didn't know if there's going to be mountains or or what. You know, I just pictured Africa like, you know, the I pictured like the Sahara Desert like just, you know, um, so it was kind of cool. Like everything was just like a learning experience throughout the whole trip. Yeah. Um, but I guess to compare it, um, cause I've been, I'm not as familiar with Texas as you are, but I've mm-hmm. been there, you know, a good handful of times now, uh, to film some different hunting trips. And it's 
where I was in South Africa felt a lot like like South Texas. Um, gotcha. Pretty flat, pretty flat in terms of like topography. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like a lot of just like thick brush everywhere. Um, and it just felt and looked a lot like South Texas. I, uh, I hear that from a lot of people that go and kind of come to South Texas. I hear that a lot. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it sounds, uh, you know, like uh, ungrateful, but it, I wasn't like as blown away by like the landscape as I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I mean, there's obviously extremely like beautiful areas of South Africa. Yeah. And we did, oh, we got to do a day of fishing on the Limpopo River, which was like, you know, there's giraffes and like it, it was like the Africa that I kind of envisioned. Um, but where we actually hunted was a lot like South Texas, flat, a lot of brush everywhere. I mean, it was still beautiful. I mean, yeah. you'd be driving, you would see, you know, a giraffe or, you know, it was still Africa. Um, and with that, um, you know, to my understanding, um, at least where we were, it's all privately owned um, and it's all fenced in. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think kind of similar to Texas, like it, it sounds like, oh, it's fenced in, like, you know, when you're hunting, it's shooting fish in a barrel, but it really wasn't. I yeah. mean, these properties were like, you know, one might be 5,000 acres, another might be 60,000 acres, another might be 20. So like we, we, we could drive or hunt for a full day and, you know, maybe see two animals. So it's not like Damn. you walk up and there's all your, the game you're chasing. I mean, it's, it's fenced in, but you wouldn't even really know in, in most cases. This episode is brought to you by Matthews Archery. By far, my new favorite bow is the Matthews Lift 33. After the Phase 4, I really didn't know how much better Matthews could make their bows, especially after the new RPD system, the bridge lock. I just didn't know how they could do it, but once they sent me the lift and I put this thing in my hand and got it set to where I wanted and shot that first arrow, I was amazed. I just could not believe how dead in the hand this bow is, the smooth draw, and how much lighter this aluminum bow is compared to the majority of the carbon bows on the market. So if you're interested in a lighter, faster, and quieter bow, make sure you check out the Matthews Lift. Head to MatthewsInc.com. Hunt Stands Make Your Mark podcast is brought to you by Yamaha Outdoors. To check out Yamaha's proven lineup of side-by-sides, ATVs, and off-road vehicles, head to yamahamotorsports.com. One, I'm not too clear on this, and maybe you are. Do they refer to a lot of these private sectors, if you will, as like game reservations? Is that how they refer to them? Or? Uh, I think something along those lines. Okay. Yeah. Um, I forget the actual terminology, but I think it is something like that, but okay. essentially it's, you know, in the way our, our, um, outfitter, they're called, uh, Ranchero Safaris, I believe outfitter we were with, they, uh, are a pretty well-established outfitter in that area mm-hmm. and have a pretty strong reputation. And from what I gather, they're pretty well connected. So they had their own private property that we hunted for a few different uh, different species, but 
they also had connections to a bunch of other ranches mm -hmm. uh, where they would essentially, you know, be able to place a phone call and, you know, work with their neighbors to say, hey, can we hunt on your place today? Yeah. And different, it seemed as though different ranches had uh, different or healthier populations of given species or game. So like the ranch we were on had a really strong Impala population with, you know, a lot of trophy Impala. Mm -hmm. Whereas we'd have to go to a different ranch if we wanted to hunt a trophy kudu. Gotcha. Uh, it's almost like these ranches like specialized in some cases and like the different opportunities they had. Um, so it was kind of interesting just to like, you know, see how that all worked and like what it, how it all kind of like blended together, I guess. It sounds a lot. I mean, it definitely like what you're describing gives off a lot of those it just texas vibe is what i'm getting from it like yeah obviously it's species i've never heard of or hunted before in my life but it just kind of has that vibe to it so lead us uh the morning of were you filming you mentioned that you did get to do a little bit of hunting were you filming that morning or were you getting to be behind the gun so i was filming that day i think it was our our fourth like third or fourth day into the hunt it was mm -hmm. an eight-day hunt and um we were hunting for uh blessed buck okay um you could look up what they look like they're that's actually um i hunted one animal and it was a blessed buck they're super mm -hmm. pretty um but we were hunting blessed buck and it was midday we already hunted in the morning and it was midday it was one of the hotter days of the trip um so we had gone, um, just to take a few other steps back, like the way the hunting kind of works is it's a lot of driving. You're driving around and especially midday when there's yeah. not a lot of game moving, it's a lot of driving and just glassing and looking for animals. Okay. And then once you spot, you know, a given animal that you're after, or, you know, a group of animals, you'll often get out and then go on your stock. Mm -hmm. But until then it's a lot of driving just to cover ground and try and get eyes on things. Um, so we had been doing that for several hours and we hadn't even seen an animal, um, which gets kind of boring. And like, even though it's not like physically exerting, like your body, like, cause it's pretty rough roads, your body is just like, it, you start to feel it. So we had decided we were going to ditch the, the truck or the buggy and just go walk and kind of like still hunt through this thicket that was known to be like a blessed buck bedding area um kind of shaded and i guess they just were familiar with it as like an area that uh the blessed buck like to bed down like mid-afternoon yeah so now, were or... i apologize for interrupting um were y'all prefaced at all that there's cape buffalo lion anything that y'all were pre-warned about like hey potentially we might run into this if this happens here's what we're gonna do um so like i said our our outfitter um they're phenomenal like if i had to choose uh anyone to be there with go to africa and hunt with it would be them uh, mm -hmm. they've been doing it for like 70 years wow. um and they know like okay this property has like they know what animals they have essentially mm -hmm. they do like aerial surveys and, and things like that and keep a tab a tab on it and our outfitter is known for Cape Buffalo hunts. Mm -hmm. It's like one of it's, they like specialize in it. Um, and they had, you know, 
talked about like as far as lions and stuff goes like they didn't have any of that going on but there were like you know stories of like elephant coming through camp just like unannounced and like they had found like lion hair on one of their fences so a lion had been through the area like a couple weeks before but like that's just super fluky yeah um, but we did know they have buffalo but we didn't know where they knew they know where where they have their buffalo and they knew the property we were on there was a buffalo around but they weren't worried about it like they after the fact told us that in 70 years they've never had an unannounced charge by a buffalo so (laughs) this was literally the first charge by a buffalo that wasn't provoked by like hunting hunting a buffalo or shooting at a buffalo Mm -hmm. they've had plenty of like charges from buffalo or getting trampled by buffalo after they shoot at them but they've never had an unprovoked charge damn how's that make you feel just my luck i guess Spe- special <laughs> is it was there like a a wall that you're able to like put a tally on or something or like sign your name on it or something back at camp there should be although i, I mean based on that data I'd, I'd be surprised if there's any more marks on it i mean literally 70 years we're the only group that's ever been upcharged um so to sort of go back on your question um as we were going about our stock or that day we mm-hmm. didn't know there was a buffalo in the area okay um, that said our our guide or our ph um you know i think he was aware of it but again he wasn't concerned about it because yeah. bluff charges are like slim to no chances mm-hmm. so uh, Y'all decide to exit y'all's vehicle and go on the stock where y'all where y'all knew y'all were going into the, kind of this historic bedding area, and then kind of lead us lead us through that next. Yeah, so we're going through, and actually, this specific property was one of the smaller properties to where um, width wise, where the fences lie like the drive from one side to the other was probably the shortest out of any um and it was essentially like a rectangular property Mm -hmm. that followed this dried out riverbed okay and on either side of that riverbed were these thickets which were these thickets that were known as like blessed buck bedding areas so essentially these blessed buck you know kind of cross to and from these thickets throughout the day walk through the bed in the mornings and evenings that sort of thing but in the, in the afternoons they utilize those thickets to, to bend down so what we did is we essentially almost like zigzagged in and out of the thickets in a kind of a still hunting fashion so like slowly quietly like looking through the brush to see try and spot bless buck bedded mm-hmm. um, and then kind of using that riverbed to like you know guide our our still hunt basically yeah so on one side of this particular thicket was the riverbed and then directly on the other side was a road and up against that road was the fence a fence so we were essentially you know weaving in in and out of this thicket so we'd hit the road go back hit the riverbed go back and just kind of covering the thicket and that kind of you know movement um i think it was towards like the end of our march i think we were stalking for like i don't know one or two hours and we hadn't seen a single animal 
And so we kind of were like burnt out at that point. We were going to, you know, jump out back onto the road and head back to the truck. Um, so we had gotten back out onto the road. We were still quiet, but like we weren't, we weren't as engaged anymore. We were just kind of walking quietly, mm -hmm. um, you know, fixing to head back to the truck, which is when the, the, uh, we ran into the Buffalo. So, I mean, did this thing just like come out of one of these bottoms because it hurt y'all or like what, what happened? So we, like I said, we kind of finished our still hunt. We we're going to basically start to turn around, head back to the truck. Mm -hmm. um, There's four of us, our, our guide, or they call him a PH, yep. uh, professional hunter. Uh, it was our PH, me, and then Ben and Andy. Okay. And four of us walking down the dirt road, kind of in like a line with each other. Um, the PH was to my left and to his left was the thicket. And then Ben and Andy were to my right and to their right was the fence. We're all on the road. Okay. And like I said, we're still kind of hunting. So we're quiet. It's not like we're talking or anything. And, um, all of a sudden I hear like a, a low, like grumble, like a, <clears throat> and like, I didn't register. Like I knew it was an animal, but I was like, I thought maybe it was like a blessed buck. Cause like, I don't, I think at that time I didn't even fully know what a blessed buck looked like. So I was like, Oh, maybe that was a, maybe that was a blessed buck, but it sounded like, you know, kind of ominous. Like it was a, a girthy <clears throat> and I start to look in the direction that I heard it from. And I hear Ben or Andy over my right shoulder go, oh, fuck, run. Jeez. <laughs> oh, right as he says that, I just see this giant black blob busting through the brush from like, when I first laid eyes on him, it was probably like 10 yards away from us, oh, 10, 15 yards. Um, and it was like, you know, oh, fuck, run. I see the buffalo. And so like, took a second to register but like the old fuck run definitely got me in motion we all just start running down the dirt road um ideally like if we were more spaced out i think they all would have turned i didn't have a gun i just had a camera but i think they would have turned and at least the ph would have and you know probably taken a shot at them um in self-defense but uh there was no time to really even think about anything other than just running so we all start running and um you know i can hear the buffalo and it's who was like on the dirt road behind us and like i can hear it getting closer um the ph i think was like in front of all of us just slightly and then it was me and then it was andy and ben and like you know it happened it all happened so fast but in my head i was like okay i'm gonna try to outrun it like was my first thought mm -hmm. but immediately i was like that's not gonna work like i don't know how fast they are but i know it's probably faster than me and as i'm kind of going through that i'm watching the ph and i'm like well i'm gonna follow the ph and just do whatever the hell he does because he's a ph um as i'm processing that i'm still running but i can hear the buffalo getting closer and then i can hear the buffalo run over ben because i can hear ben fall to the ground and like I can hear him like oh, like making these noises and i'm like oh he just ran over ben oh god and like part of me was like you know i kept running but part of me figured that the buffalo was going to key in on ben and like continue to try and mess ben up 
but um part of me just i was like i'm gonna keep running and then you know as i'm processing that i realized oh he left ben he's coming for me next um and this is all like you know seconds like five seconds um from when he first comes at us to ben's ran over i'm thinking do i keep running do i what do i do um so my next thought was to go to the ph and as i realized that he's left ben and coming for me the ph is starting to turn around with his gun um but he's up against a like a, a thicket wall so like the ph can't go any further oh crap and i'm like well if i go to the ph and he's not ready the buffalo is going to get me and the ph and then ben's down i don't know where the heck andy is the ph is down we're all down guns are like no one's got a gun like then what so my next thought was well i'm gonna go past the ph and find a, like a decent sized tree and try to get behind it to at least use that as a barrier mm-hmm. and there was a tree like just off the ph's shoulder that looked like a good candidate so I start going for that. And right as I get to the tree, I can feel the buffalo like on me. And I'm like, damn it. Like he beat me. <laughs> Shit. So my thought was, well, I can at least try and hook around the tree and throw myself around it. And maybe I'll spin around just fast enough to where the buffalo will like shoot off my, like, you know, keep going because he won't be able to turn as fast. Mm-hmm. And I'll, you know, maybe I'll miss him. So right as I'm hooking the tree and spinning around the tree, I feel his horn connect with my back and I feel him, you know, I fly to the ground and I can feel him like my chest hits the ground. My camera goes flying. I, my shoulders like in the tree and I feel like his horn starting to like, you know, he was going to drive me into the ground. And like my thought like instantaneously was like, well, I don't know if, how much this is going to hurt. I don't know if he's going to break my back. I don't know if he's going to kill me. I don't know if he's going to penetrate or maybe just, it won't hurt at all. and I'll be fine. That was like, basically I was ready for any outcome, but I was ready for him to just go to town on me. And right as I like connect with the ground, the pH fires a shot in the air. The Buffalo lets me go and runs off. You held on to your camera this whole time. I think, I think what once he, hell? once he hit me, I think it went flying, but yeah, I, I mean, like that whole sequence of events probably lasted like 15 seconds tops. God, bro. As soon as I saw, I probably would have said, screw the camera. <laughs> I would have dropped it. Dude. Did the camera. Yeah, get- it would have been, if I had the stones, it would have been epic to somehow film that, but there was no time to even think about hitting record um did you have a mirrorless or like a big body like fx6 or something fx6 oh god dude yeah the camera actually fared out fine but i did break the the lens did break screw the lens (laughs) right oh my god so shot goes off where is a ph at this time Ben, is he okay? Andy, where, where'd he go? So you get up or like, what, what? I hear the shot. Um, and PH was probably only three, four five yards from me. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
what had happened was when I made the decision to not go to the pH, to go to that tree, the pH was mid spinning around to try and get a shot at the buffalo. So by the time I got to about the tree, the, the pH had spun around and he was on the buffalo. He had a double barreled uh, 45, 70, mm-hmm. uh, huge caliber, uh, you know, double barrel deal. That's what they like to use. Um, he had spun around and gotten on the buffalo before it had connected with me, but he didn't want to shoot because he was literally falling backwards. So he didn't want to shoot at the buffalo and accidentally hit me. Yeah. So he was falling backwards as the buffalo connected with me. And as he was falling on his butt, he shot a fire shot in the air. Um, so he fell, buffalo hits me, runs off. Ben basically the buffalo just ran Ben over and trampled him. Mm-hmm. Um, which luckily he I think he fractured a rib and got a few scrapes, but like he was still able to hunt the rest of the trip. He was fine overall which is, I mean, I think they're like 2,000 pound animals. Jeez. So like the fact that it didn't like step on his skull or something and like crush his skull, like is lucky in itself. Yeah. Um, according to Andy, he was able to like football juke spin out of the way of the buffalo right before it hit him. So he was completely unscathed um so yeah ben was like by the time i had stood back up i mean my adrenaline was through the roof so i stood up and i think i was yelling some random some kind of random stuff like like i was just like part of me was like it was like a thrill part of me was terrified part of me was just like yeah so you're like checking every limb checking your body yeah well i remember i went up to those guys and i was like fine i didn't i wasn't hurt i felt fine but i was like check my back because like you know if like you cut yourself the knife yeah. you might be beat but not even feel it so yeah. i was like oh my god what if he did penetrate and i have a giant hole in my back but i just can't feel it um i didn't i just had a i had a mark from his horn and then my arm was all torn up from being like pushed into the tree but apart from that i was fine damn dude dude just the odds and then how y'all got out of there like fairly unscathed dude that's uh that's pretty freaking insane because i mean they call these buffalo black death correct yep yeah i was gonna look before this but um i think they are responsible for like killing um like the second most amount of people in africa every year or like something like that it's not exactly that but they kill a lot of people dude so y'all were walking down this road and like you said, it was, pre- I mean, it was pretty much unprovoked. I mean, do you think it was just, or does your pH have any guesses? Was it just because y'all probably walked by it and startled the crap out of it? And Yeah. So to circle back on how like, you know, everything in Africa kind of, or South Africa, at least where I was to my understanding works. Um, what they think is that, um, like I said, they know what animals they have on a given property mm-hmm. and they essentially similar to Texas, uh, for exotics, at least like own those animals. Yeah. Um, some of them are technically like naturally reproduced on that property mm-hmm. or, you 
know, like bred on that given property. Like I think uh, where this Buffalo incident occurred, they were like, they, they were uh, breeding plus buck um, actively. Um, that said the Buffalo um, there are like, to my understanding, this could be a little off, but to my understanding, the Buffalo, there are almost like Buffalo breeders to where then outfits like the one I was with will each year purchase a given quantity of Buffalo for hunts. Yeah. And I think they kind of do it based off demand. Like if they know they're, they're going to have at least eight Buffalo hunters in camp throughout the year, they'll buy eight to 10 Buffalo Mm -hmm. where I think our outfit just buys like 15 a year. Yeah. And they sell those hunts. So what they think happened was that, um, they had recently essentially bought this Buffalo, put it onto a truck and caged it up, not caged it up, but put it onto a truck and brought it to this property and let it out, let it out. And this happened like recently. Mm -hmm. So they think it might've still been kind of cagey with people pissed off. And then us, you know, I think we think it was probably bedded itself. And so us, you know, walking up next to it and it not knowing that, and then waking up and like hearing or maybe probably smelt us humans like right next to it, right after being let out of a truck, they think it was probably a little cagey and just out of instinct just came. God. Dude, it's, I don't know if you've seen it recently on socials. I saw a, I don't know, there was a recent run in with uh, Cape Buffalo. It was, almost seems like it was a similar instance, but you see a, a PH with a double barrel gun right in front of the camera but then you see the camera zoom in past this guy and you see a hunter just full-on sprinting no no gun and it was like same thing dude it was like in a span of 10 yards dude just gets run over ph shoots everybody gets up with a couple scratches bruises maybe cracked rib but it like i saw that and i'm like dude uh it, it made me hearing that and then seeing that it's like god like i'm just visualizing like what you went through and it's freaking insane man yeah, I've yeah, even especially since like I've seen a bunch of those like mm-hmm. Africa, Cape Buffalo, or even like just charge videos, and like it honestly doesn't look as freaky like I, like when you see those as it really like when that thing was actually behind us, it was like whoa, like I'm freaking vulnerable, like there's nothing I can do to stop this thing, and like it just felt like this giant freaking omen of death behind us, and I was like oh my god. Um, and it's crazy, like like a couple months after I was in camp with a outdoor writer, um, Richard Mann, who like is known for going on these African safaris mm-hmm. like, almost every year. Like he'll spend like 30 days in Africa and just hunt and immerse himself in Africa. So he's hunted Buffalo a bunch. And like he was showing me cell phone footage of like his friend that got like tramp like trampled and mauled by a buffalo and like that guy went to the hospital and like his entire like stomach and intestines were torn open and like he did not fare out so good. Mm. So like just showed me like, wow, like, and it seems like we were lucky that like when the pH fired a shot in the air, like I was lucky that the Buffalo didn't choose to ignore it and still like keep coming after me. Like I was lucky that he heard the shot and let me go. So it seems like a lot of the time, once they're locked in, they're just locked in. And like, even if you shoot them, they're still gonna just keep going to town. Dude, 
Muddy Outdoors is a brand that's been around for quite some time now. At Muddy, they recognize that the essence of a hunter transcends seasons where their gear is crafted to support the relentless spirit of the hunter year-round. For Muddy, hunting is not just a seasonal pursuit, it's a constant. And I, for one, definitely resonate with this. And this past year, I got some new Muddy box blinds that have been game changers for us down here in Texas. And I've been running Muddy tree stands for as long as I can remember. So if you're interested in learning more about Muddy, head to GoMuddy.com. One of my favorite knives that I used this past fall from the Deerwoods in Kansas all the way up to the Elk Mountains of Colorado was SOG's Ether FX. It's lightweight and compact design plus heavyweight blade quality made for the perfect knife for every use that I put it through this fall. I took it on every adventure, and if you're in the market for looking for that same lightweight, compact, durable knife that is going to do anything and everything you need it to, highly suggest you check out SOG's Ether FX. To do that, head to SOGKnives.com. And if you'd like a discount on the SOG Ether FX, use discount code HUNTSTAND10 when you're checking out. I want to take a quick second to talk to y'all about Stealth Cam and their all-new trail cameras, new for 2024. And the one that I specifically want to talk to y'all about is the brand new Revolver Pro. This is a 360 degree cellular trail camera. The Revolver Pro is a game changer. The power of six cameras and one sleek, innovative design allows you to cover more ground, capture more detail, and never miss the action again. Discover the future of outdoor surveillance with Stealth Cam's 2024 lineup of cellular trail cameras. To learn more, head to StealthCam.com. And if you'd like a 10% discount on the StealthCam website when checking out, use code HUNTSTAND10. We've got that discount code along with many more of our partners down below in the show notes. So after this happens, you realize everybody stands up and you know essentially nobody's dead. Uh, what kind of went through your mind? you know, essentially the rest of your time that you were there. I mean, it's not, it's not like from your brother's perspective. Um, I mean, obviously you were probably just like still kind of in shock, but it was like when you sent your brother a text, like, yeah, I got run over by a Buffalo today. And your brother's like, what are you alive? What? Like what? Just kind of run us through that, man. Like post, uh, post black death. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we were all just stoked to be unscathed and like just, kind of blown away by the whole situation. Um, but what happened was, you know, we all checked ourselves, realized we were all okay. Um, and pretty much immediately, like I said, we weren't there to hunt Buffalo or any kind of dangerous game, but mm -hmm. pretty much immediately the four of us were like, we're going to go hunt that thing. Because I mean, at this point now it's like, for one, we kind of have beef and for two, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a problem buffalo or you know if we don't hunt it what what then they have a new group in and they're hunting blessed buck and they get trampled like mm -hmm. you know is this a buffalo that's just aggressive so we basically all were like we're gonna go hunt this thing um so we ended up like the you know the rifles we had were not the proper caliber to hunt a buffalo so we essentially went back to camp grabbed a few stronger rifles and went back out to, to hunt this buffalo and we found him in pretty short order, uh, just inside that same thicket 
Uh, we essentially drove down that river valley bottom, dried up river bottom, and just looked for him and found him pretty quick. He was just inside the thicket, standing there, staring at us, like shaking his head and like clearly still aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we they ended up um, shooting the buffalo um, three times. Damn. When we found him. And it was close to like dark or dusk. So they shot him and he ran back into the thicket and uh, the pH kind of like went just inside the thicket and found some of his blood, but it wasn't good blood. It was like clearly like shoulder blood. Yeah. And we reviewed the footage and you could tell like one of the shots hit in his shoulder and the other like hit in his like back hind quarter. Uh, And the third one, we couldn't tell. Uh, We did, we, we had thought we'd, might have you know put fatal shots on him but we were pretty sure he'd still be alive so um like i said it was getting dark so we left we left rather than trying to go through this thicket and find this thing and didn't seem like a good place so we left for the night um and went back to camp to go back after him in the morning um some cocktails were had at camp that night. That's for sure. <laughs> Dude, I bet freaking getting run over by a Buffalo. I'd be celebrating still having my life. <laughs> yeah, there was some celebration uh, that night for sure. But it was like we celebrated, but it was also like we knew we had to go back out in the morning and find them again and, you know, put an end to the whole situation. So it was like, like we all kind of felt like this sense of like uneasiness because it's like, uh, like it's not over mm-hmm. um, but uh yeah we ended up going back out the next morning um we brought the ph's uh uh russell terrier his tracking dog to try and find the buffalo and um we drove to the road that we had walked on um and gotten charged on originally yeah right when we got to the it's a long road so you can see down it right when we got to that road we saw the buffalo standing there where he had charged us. <sighs> like he was like waiting for us or something. <laughs> He's like, y'all ready for round two, mother effers? He was. He was standing there and like doing the same thing, like throwing his head around, like come get it yeah. is what it felt like. Um, the uh, dog jumped out like immediately and started to go chase it because those th- those little terriers are freaking just – psycho mm-hmm. crazy dogs um so the terrier chased the buffalo they went back into the thicket and uh like the day before like i think our reaction to the situation like the way we all handled it in terms of like you know the ph what he did i mean sounds dramatic but i credit that ph with saving my life like yeah. shooting that ground in the air i mean Absolutely. had he not done that i think the buffalo would have just freaking gored me um yeah. but you know, the previous day, I think everybody handled it pretty well or as well as you could have. Um, the one probably mistake we made was when that dog, the second day got out to chase after the Buffalo, we did too. So we all jumped out and basically went after it. Um, really with no thought behind it. Like we weren't like, we didn't strategize. We were just kind of like, I, I back on adrenaline and just, you know, just, we just went after him. Whereas we could have just stayed in the truck and like, you know, let the dog like get it at bay and figure out where it was and like strategize. But we just 
got out and went after it. So that was really, I think, like the one mistake we made was like being a little too antsy to go after this thing. Um, so we start going down the road to figure out where the dog had the buffalo and then I guess go from there. And it was Ben and the PH first. Me and Andy kind of hung back. Mm-hmm. I hung with Andy because the day before he was the only one that was unscathed. So I'm like, I'm going to hang with you because you have the <laughs> best track record here. Yeah. Um, so it was Ben and the PH and then me and Andy probably like 25 yards behind them. And you can hear the dog and the buffalo like just inside the thicket, mm-hmm. like messing with each other. And then you can hear the buffalo. I could hear the buffalo like running at us. Like he was coming after us. And he, it seemed like he was coming for me and Andy and not Ben and the PH. So me and Andy, we were still like within reasonable distance to the truck where we figured we could beat the buffalo to the truck. So we started just running and you can hear the buffalo like making this swing at us. Like he's going to like swing in and come in on us. And and you can hear it stop, but we keep running. And I look over my shoulder and he turns on Ben and the PH and I can see this is where I really should have been rolling film. But again, it happened so quick. I got, I got the tail end of it, but I look over my shoulder and the Buffalo is like 20 yards from Ben and the PH, 15 yards. And then he gets like right up on him, like five yards and the PH is just standing there. It looks like a movie shoots it the buffalo drops slides by his feet gets up and runs off again what <laughs> dude yeah. this thing was mm. he, yeah that thing did not want to die yeah sounded like he was just full of piss and vinegar man for sure yeah he was built different um but yeah it was like like a movie just watching literally and like i said like if i well I actually am going back to Africa to the same place in a couple mm-hmm. months. Um, but like these guys, like this pH, like there's no doubt after watching him do that, like that's the pH you want. Like oh, dude yeah. stood there, held his ground and like just freaking dropped that thing at his feet. And, but yeah, it got up again. And so we had to go after it once again, the dog got it bayed. I think they shot it three or four more times so in total they had to shoot it like close to nine times before it before it was over um so it was just a saga of events what do you feel like essentially after the group of y'all exacted your revenge on this thing what kind of went through your mind when you're able to walk up on that I get, I mean, I think we're all relieved. Um, I don't think, I mean, even though he charged us, like none of us wanted it to carry out that Mm -hmm. long. Like we didn't want to have to shoot it that many times. Like that's not fun for anybody. Um, let alone have to get charged a second time. You know, if that pH would have missed, that thing would have hammered him and Ben and you know, who knows what would happen then. So like none of us were stoked on how it all had to play out i mean for the buffalo and for us um so i think we were just relieved that like it was over and you know the buffalo you know was expired and all that stuff um you know so we celebrated and um you know i think just felt lucky that miraculously we all walked away from it without any broken bones or or worse Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely, man. I mean, that's that's the main thing for sure. Um, what or if at all, do you feel like were there any lessons learned from this on y'all's end? Like, was there something different y'all could have done to have prevented the whole situation? Um, or, you know, knowing that you're going back now, is there anything that you'll do differently? I think I, I was thinking about, I think just in general, like, even like when he first charged us and we were running, like at first, like first couple seconds, like I wasn't par partially because I hadn't processed what was going on, but also like, I think I was like complacent, like just, you know, living, I'm out hunting and fishing and stuff all the time. But mm -hmm. like, I think I had a level of complacency, like, oh, it's just a buffalo, like this will be fine, you know? But then as like maybe four seconds later, like it sunk in and I was like, oh, this is a buffalo. I'm not going to be fine. Like, this is real. Like, this is nature in full force. Um, so even, like, as much time as I spend in the outdoors or fishing or hunting, like, it was a good, like, reminder that in those types of scenarios, like, you can't really be complacent. Like, yeah, you know, we, we weren't in, like, the extreme backcountry or anything like that. But, like, we were still in a wild nature setting and perhaps – you know, more at ease or more complacent than we should have been. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of just a good reminder, like, you got to take nature seriously, regardless if you're at your hunting lease down the road or in freaking Africa, like, you know, you got to take it serious. So well, yeah, and you know, you, you spoke on it earlier, and you talked about how y'all were pretty much exhausted and just checked out for the day. So it's like, all right, let's just get down the road, get back to the truck, get back to camp and have some cold drinks. Like, we've all been there, you know, at the end of a long day of turkey hunting, like, you're just like, all right, I just want to get back to the truck and go home, like, a, an unsuccessful day, and I imagine that's kind of like that same, like, you're talking about, like, that was that mindset you're in, but now going back, you're probably going to keep that head on a swivel if y'all ever get to that kind of point again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, honestly, like, even if we were more aware, like, I don't think it would have made a difference. Like we, that thing, I don't know how that giant thing was so hidden, but like, we couldn't see it. Like it, it would have happened the same way, I think. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think just, yeah, the overall mindset or like, you know, you hear, it's usually like on like backcountry hunts when people do get tired or complacent that like something goes wrong. So yeah. it's like, it's a good reminder, like, you know, just gotta always be aware and, have your head on a swivel um but yeah i mean like i said i'm actually going back in april with the same crew um same place mm -hmm. not same uh buffalo situation but uh like yeah this time i'll definitely have a extra you know <laughs> level of awareness as we're going about the situation are you engaged with to your girlfriend or y'all still or you're getting to that point getting to that point okay i was gonna say how she feel about you going back i mean like i said this was the charge was pretty fluky mm -hmm. um to be honest like there was talk of one of the guys wanting to hunt buffalo and like i was seriously contemplating like if they want me to film that 
I don't know if I'm down to film that. Like, yeah. I love my job. You know, a lot of people do go on those buffalo hunts for the thrill. And, like, you know, I, I snowboard and, like, I like a, a good thrill. But, like, <laughs> not that kind of thrill. And I was, yeah. like, debating, like, you know, as much as I love my job and, like, I, I might feel, you know, feel a little bit of uh, a little bit of a pansy to, like, skip the trip just because I don't want to film a buffalo hunt. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth it. Like, I don't just to film something that you know people will see it people I don't even know will see it but like to go risk it again just to get it on film I don't know luckily I don't think anyone's hunting buffalo but I was seriously having to contemplate like am I down for this or not I'd be like uh Tim we might have to send somebody else for this one <laughs> yeah I mean not that I wish it on someone else either but yeah. yeah I don't know um but yeah overall like at least where we are going and everything like that was a fluke. Honestly, more than anything, uh, what scares me the most is there is one point where we almost walked under a tree that had a cobra in it to where if we walked under that thing, like it was when we saw it, it was like, you know, it was definitely on alert. So like would that thing has zapped one of us. I don't know. And then we also saw like poisonous scorpions. So like, those types of things freak me out more than the odds of a buffalo or lion charging <laughs> us again, you know? <laughs> Dude, you, you said cobra. I was I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, I wonder if I wonder if they saw any cobras or you know, like any kind of those snakes, because that's the sh- that, that that's the shit that freaks me out the most. You know, like I, I look at those Cape Buffalo like, yeah, I know they're dangerous. I just kind of look at that like a a giant freaking aggressive bull down here in Texas, you know, like one of the cows on our place like just steer clear of that but like i think about those freaking cobras man i'm like those things are like what they can be like 10 foot long and crap like that yeah the one we saw it was up in a tree probably it was probably like six feet up and its whole body had wrapped around the tree so it was like i don't know no eight feet nope and ph said if he would have zapped one of us like for the time it would have taken to get to like anti-venom you're toast nope. so like yeah like at least a buffalo you can like see and like try to get around a tree or you know you might get out okay but you get zapped by a cobra it's over so, bump that dude you just made my mind up i ain't going to africa forget that no i'm just kidding i'm i probably would one day Ah, <laughs> well dude I really appreciate your time. I know we're just about out of time here, but man, just appreciate you hopping on and uh, talking us through getting run over by black death, man. Yeah, no, appreciate you having me. It was a wild story. I mean, it's a cool story to have now. Um, Would I try to replicate it? No, hopefully this next trip is a little more docile, but yeah, it was, it was wild. Um, Those Buffalo are no joke. I'm sure that'll be a cool one to tell the kid, uh, tell your kids one day, especially career day when dad gets to show up and tells them, tells the class what he did, does for work and tell that dude. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm just, yeah, I'm just glad somehow we were all a couple scrapes and that was it. So like I said, at PH is those guys are built different. So shout out to that, to Bradley was his name. Shout out to that guy. Hell yeah, man. Well, Jake, for all the listeners out there that want to check you out on socials, tell them real quick where they can find you and some of the work that you do. Yeah, uh, 
personal, just my Instagram account, probably just my name, Jake Dalkey, D-A-H-L-K-E. And then uh, check us check us out at Murray Road, um, Murray Road Agency on Instagram. Um, you can check out uh, what happens with this next Africa trip um, in a couple months here. And um, yeah, you'll probably see me on hunt stand a bit too. This is turkey season. Yeah, we got a lot of turkey episodes dropping, I think, here pretty quick. So we'll get the get to see old Jake going after some. Yes, sir. Well, dude, appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll have to do it again. I want to give a shout out to some of our fine sponsors and supporting HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. Started off, I want to thank Hawk Hunting, Hunt from Above, Tenzig Outdoors, Go Further, Hunt Longer, True Glow, When Brightness Counts, Halo Optics, Hunting Success Magnified, AVNX, Unmatched Quality, Zinc, a champion in every call. Boss Buck, the most versatile and user-friendly feeders on the market. Evolved, reap what you sow. Cyclops Lighting Solutions, get out of the dark. New archery products, whatever your broadhead preference, NAP has you covered. And finally, Bloodsport, the bleeding edge of archery. To get a discount on products from the featured partners of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast, enter code HUNTSTAND10 during the checkout process. I'll have all these partners' website links listed down in the show notes below. 